Well, hello again, everyone. Welcome to the Red and White Authority. I'm Art Regner. This is episode 86. Our guest is, and I'm going to mispronounce his name, but that'll be my first question, is Dennis Chalowski. I believe, or probably not. Anyway, Dennis is here. Uh, but before that, I want to welcome in our sponsor, Labatt Blue. That's right. Hey, Red Wing fans, it's time for hockey, so let's cheer with Labatt Blue, the official Canadian beer of the Detroit Red Wings. From the first puck drop to the final horn, it is Labatt Blue. I love it. you got to pick up that limited edition Labatt Blue and Labatt Blue Light Detroit Red Wing cans. Uh, why supplies last? Always enjoy Labatt Blue premium beer responsibly, and our guest Dennis is waiting for his 21st birthday because he told me, he said, Art, I can't wait to taste my first cold, frosty Labatt Blue. Uh, and I, I think he can legally drink in Canada, but he's waiting till he's 21. So... Dennis, I compliment you on that. Welcome. Welcome to the Red and White Authority. I know it's your second appearance. Last time I was on the phone, you were in Grand Rapids. I was in Detroit. And uh, let's, uh, let's get this thing started. Thanks, Dennis. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. I know that you've worked your tail off to be here. I know that at St. Cloud State, uh, you know, the Red Wings asked you to go pro. You turned pro. Uh, you, 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 you went to Western Hockey League, uh, Prince George, and then to uh, uh, Portland, but I guess I'm curious, did your career turn around, and I, not that you were horrible, I don't want to say it like that, but did your career turn around when Sean Horkoff grabbed your stick and decided to m make a curve out of it? <laughs> it was really a, a defining moment, I think. You know, I, I had a really small curve, and he, he didn't like that, so he said I couldn't lift the puck on my one-timer, so I needed a new curve, and um, he grabbed a blowtorch and heated it up, curved it with his foot, and that was uh, the turning point of my career. <laughs> really? You know, it's kind of funny how just something that subtle in a way mm -hmm. really does turn it around. I mean, were you comfortable with it immediately? Were you kind of like, well, this is Horkoff. I probably can't say anything, but we were like, hey, dude, that's my equipment. <laughs> I mean, I, mean, I, was, <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything. I was watching him do it, but... Um, Thankfully, it worked out, and I, I'm still using the curve to this day, and I really like it. So, yeah. So I would imagine, whomever, whatever sticks you use, I don't know, there's like a billion hockey companies. All you're always bombarded with guys wanting you to use their equipment. Is your is that? Do you call it the Horkoff stick, or hey, give me the Horkoff curve, or is there is there a name for it? I don't really know what the name is, but. Um, <laughs> It's definitely its own unique curve, that's for sure. Yeah, and, and you probably have them now specially made, right? The, I mean, the, the, whomever supplies you the stick, do you curve it or do you want them to curve it? Oh, no, you? they do it for me. Um, they they uh, replicated the, the Sean Horkoff curve. And, yeah, I have a, a bunch of sticks like that now. So yeah. I would imagine that maybe you should patent that thing. And before Horkoff does, right? <laughs> I mean, the, there might be some money in this for you. <laughs> It's not a bad idea. <laughs> we'll talk. We'll talk off uh, when the podcast is over. We'll, we'll get you all set up. I know a lot of good patent attorneys. Uh, as you can tell, I, I, I like Dennis a lot. I mean, he's he's such a gracious and smart young man. I want to go back to college real quickly because you appear to be just from how you conduct yourself, kind of a learned young man. Where I believe education is important to you. I know you want to be a professional hockey player first and foremost, but was it difficult to leave? I know the hockey side, it was easy to leave St. Cloud State. How about the academic side? Were you a little bit, nah, 
you know, because I think you want to be a student in a way. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think the biggest thing was for my parents, really, my mom and dad. They both went to school, and my brother went to school, and, yeah, everybody's well-educated in my family. So um, I guess you could say it kind of broke their hearts a little bit that I only went to school for one year, but ultimately it was the hockey decision that that swayed it so yeah did you ever did you say hey wait I can always go back right can always go back um you know somewhere down the line who knows what can happen but um yeah you know my dad's he's still on me about you know keeping up a little <laughs> bit with my academics you know he doesn't want me to lose it completely so if somewhere down the line I went back you know I would have a little bit of knowledge now, I know you worked your tail off. You've been here the last two summers, I believe, in Detroit. Last summer, on your own dime, you, you, you were here in Detroit living by yourself. Uh, you know, for a kid from B.C., which is a beautiful area, you know, it's a beautiful province. I suggest everybody go out there and visit. Uh, but uh, now that you know, it appears things are going pretty well for you, this summer, maybe to appease your father, would you pick up a class or two or are you just completely about hockey and work it out I mean at this point I'm completely about hockey but he has mentioned it before you know he 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 was a smart guy in school an engineer so you know it's it's deeply ingrained in there and he wants me to you know kind of follow his footsteps at some point I would imagine your brother Fred who I call Big Fred he doesn't know that, but I do. <laughs> a lot of people do. <laughs> yeah, he's, he, he's a big kid, yeah. you know, a very, very affable young man. I, he's probably said, eh, don't worry about it, bro, you know, pick it up whenever you can. <laughs> is, is, is he even supportive? Or? He's, uh, he's, he's supportive. Um, he, he just thinks, yeah, like, I mean, he, he kind of has that, you know, do whatever you want attitude. You don't, you don't have to do that. You don't have to do this. Just, um, yeah, he's he's not really biased either way, I would say. He's kind of just, I mean, right now I'm playing hockey, so he says just go play hockey. You know, being Canadian, and not that there's a lot of Canadians that go to American colleges or universities to play hockey, why did you decide to go that route? Was it because you wanted to, you know, get a degree too? Definitely. That was a big part of it. I wanted to, you know, just see what college was like a little bit. I mean, American college, it's big jump for me I mean living in Langley and playing in Chilliwack and then going all the way to Minnesota to play hockey was a pretty big jump and an exciting one but um and on the hockey side of it I mean, you know I wasn't the biggest kid when I got drafted to the WHL so that wasn't really the route I was looking at right away and um eventually took the BCHL route and then yeah, decided to see what college was like do you know what a smoke eater is I have absolutely no idea I, do you know what a smoke eater is? Well, I thought, okay, when I first heard about the smoke eaters, I thought, well, they probably have a really cool logo. You know, I figured maybe their jerseys are nice. It's right, not but bad, they're two smokestacks. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, that's kind of weird, isn't it? I mean, I don't want you to get down on them. And I know I'm, I'm really random today, but, uh, uh, you know, you never wanted to play for the smoke eaters because, you know, Danny DeKaiser played for the smoke yeah, eaters. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've really always wondered what a smoke eater is and you know <laughs> trails you know trail is trail it's different um i always liked playing there though so the rink was kind of oddly shaped too they, the boards it wasn't really round it was the neutral zone was a little small i don't know it wasn't the it wasn't a it definitely wasn't an nhl size rink but um and yeah the team name i'll i'll never figure that one out i've asked so many people well if you continue 
uh, this podcast, who knows, maybe one day in your stall you'll have a Smoke Eaters uh, t-shirt from me. I'm going to tell you. you I know, wouldn't mind that. Yeah, that's, well, all right. You know. uh, let's, I'm really interested because there seems to be several young Red Wings, you, Michael Rasmussen, Joe Hicketts, who are from the B.C. area. Um, I love Vancouver. I love that whole, I, I love the whole vibe out there. Uh, could you give us maybe a, a brief synopsis of you're a young boy, you like hockey, you're playing. When it starts to kick in and you're moving up the ranks, what was that process like for you? Um, well, I mean, everybody, every kid plays hockey really around where I'm from. That's the sport. You know, nobody's, it's, <laughs> you're not thinking about soccer or football or anything because it's not really what they play around there. It's just everybody laces up the skates at an early age. And, um, growing up, it was always very competitive. Everybody my age was playing. and um, Yeah, and the thing that happened to me was I didn't grow when everybody else grew. So I kind of ended up being left behind in size-wise, I guess you could say. And um, Yeah, I had to try to make it up with, you know, skill and speed. But, you know, eventually you get to bantam age and, you know, everybody's bigger than you. And, you know, the draft goes by. Everybody gets drafted. Your friends are going wherever to camps and you're kind of left behind a little bit so yeah there were some tough times you know when I was growing up playing but you know thankfully eventually I grew and I'm the size I am now. Henrik Zetterberg told me something years ago that he was his growth spurt wasn't until a little bit later so when he started playing hockey he had to figure out how to go into the corner get the puck without being crushed. It sounds like you were in a similar situation so you know, you you had to be a thinking man's hockey player from a very early age. It sounds one hundred percent. The brain was the biggest thing for me in hockey. Being able to just go in with these giants and try to come out with the puck, and you know, still on my feet and not lying on the ice dead. You know, um, it was definitely a skill that I had to try to inherit when I was really young, and um, and then when I grew, you know, I didn't have to do that so much. And you know, people would tell me, hey, you don't have to go in there and just try to survive now you're a little bigger so you can maybe throw your weight around a bit when you when you started to grow did you settle some scores with some guys who might have tried to bully you on the ice uh, as you were coming up um you know <laughs> i mean you can admit it i mean you're in detroit you're in the nhl buddy <laughs> um, by the time i grew I wouldn't say so. Uh, maybe there were a few guys, but, you know, by the time I grew, you know, they didn't really bug me anymore after that. You know, when I was small, they would pick on me a little bit. But by the time I got bigger, it was – didn't play them very much anymore and just kind of kept moving on. And I guess there were a few guys, but you – know. When did it kick in that you had potential to, to fulfill your dream to be a professional hockey player? When did it kick in? Um, I'd probably say the draft. Um, really, year. it took it when you were drafted by the Red Wings is when you figured, okay, maybe I can do this. The yeah, the sixteen-year-old year in Chilliwack, it was a good year, but um, you know, the next year was my draft year, and I wasn't really thinking, hey, maybe I could go in the first round or anything like that. I was just just try to play well, and I mean, I'd committed to college, and I was happy about that, and then maybe try to make something happen down the road. But I'd say my second year and. I was ranked on central scouting, and then I kept kind of going up, and that's when I kind of realized, okay, maybe this is a real thing here. How did you um, 
were did, did you have an inkling that Detroit was on, that you were on Detroit's radar? How did that? Did you have an interview? How what was that process like for you? Didn't interview much with Detroit. Well, they only talked to me once briefly during the year, and um, I interviewed with them at the NHL Combine as well. But yeah, no, Detroit wasn't one of the front runners. I can safely say I had no clue they were going to draft me. So. Thomas Holmstrom told me he thought he was going to be a Washington Capital, and he ended up being a Red Wing. Where did you think you were going to go? Um, that's a good question. I thought it was going to be somewhere in the 20s. Um, well, I was hoping it was going to be somewhere. I really had no idea. But, but you wanted to go in, you thought you were going to go in the first round. Yeah, well, that was, that was the goal. I just wanted – wherever it was, I just wanted to go in the first round. That was to just try to sneak in there. Um, there were some teams that had talked to me a lot, and it wasn't – Detroit was not one of them, so – when they traded for 20, I was I just thought it was just another trade, and I wasn't really on anybody's on their radar or anything. And then, and then thankfully it happened. So you're at the draft. Your name's called by the Red Wings. You're ecstatic. Your mother's ecstatic. I'm sure Fred's ecstatic. <laughs> <laughs> big, Fred. <laughs> big Fred. Big Fred. Big Fred. Good. <laughs> I, I don't know. There was something about it. He probably doesn't even remember me talking to him on opening uh, night, but there was just something about Fred that I said, man, this is a guy you just want to hang out with. 100%. You know, he's just a, you could tell. He was, and I told you this, he was so happy for you. Yeah. He was just so, he was so happy, I was happy, you yeah. know, and, and I'm supposed to be somewhat objective. <laughs> um, but does your dad, does he hand you a science book and say, just take this up there too, just to, just get your priorities straight. I mean, I mean, they must have all been ecstatic. For sure. No, no, for sure. They're all happy, but yeah, no, no, you're definitely right. He'll hand me a book or he'll send me something through an email or make sure you keep up with this. You know, it's, it's, it's. What would he like besides, I'm sure he's enormously proud of you, obviously, and what you've been able to accomplish at a very early age, but. What does he want you to ultimately be like? Does he want you to find the, you know, the, you know, cure world hunger or something? And I, I'm not trying to make light of that, but, I mean, he has aspirations for you beyond hockey, it sounds like. Yeah, for sure. Well, he wants me to play hockey for as long as I can. And then if I'm lucky enough to do that, then he doesn't want me to just be lying on the couch for the rest of my life just doing nothing. He wants me to, you know, he's one of the smartest guys I've ever met, you know, ever been around. He's... He wants me to you know, keep up with the schooling and hopefully at some point follow his footsteps, be an engineer. Would you, so if you were to come to him and say, hey, look, Dad, my career's done. I know I'm a Hall of Famer. I know I have more money than I know what to do with. You know, I'm married. I have kids, whatever. You know, you, the whole, um, but I want you to know that I'm part of the team that is going to have the first man rocket to Mars, <laughs> I mean, with, with, despite you being a Hall of Famer and all that, that would that would definitely be the ultimate for him. It's oh, like, well, my team—he's on the engineering team that's sending the man to Mars. hundred percent. That would be like, like a dream come true for sure. That'd be the coolest thing. Yeah. <laughs> so, so don't get me wrong. And I, I, I promise to our audience, I'll get off this in a minute here. I know I'm on a little bit of a tangent, but do you feel? <laughs> More pressure to academically succeed than you do on the ice? <laughs> um, you know, probably, to be honest. Um, it was always kind of, well, I guess it wasn't always like that. But um, 
Uh, he was growing up. He was hard on me with hockey, but now it's kind of more. He just comes and enjoys the game, and we talk about it a little bit. And yeah, he's definitely hard more. You know, he's harder on me on the academic side. That's for sure. Right. Well, first of all, I, I'm almost making it sound like your dad's some sort of ogre or something. I mean, he just loves you and cares for you and wants the best for you. I mean, they have a great relationship, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not tearing a family <laughs> apart here. <laughs> <laughs> Hockey was not a lot of fun at St. Cloud State, you know, but freshmen struggle. That just happens. Um, looking back on it now, was it because you, were, you had two things going on, academics and hockey, that in order to, and I've had several hockey players tell me, there comes a point where you think, God, I might have a chance to make it, that you almost have to choose between hockey and academics. I mean, you were you trying to juggle too much? I guess is that what happened at St. Cloud State, where you know, yeah, I'm I'm at practice, but then I've got to you know do economics, econ 101 or whatever. Yeah, no, I was I was taking engineering, so I was taking calculus, physics, chemistry, okay. everything. Um, so basically, my day would look like go to class all morning, practice in the afternoon, work out after, and then do homework until midnight. That was just that was every day for me. I'd like I had to because I just had so much homework and. I had to keep up with academics, and I had to be good on the ice, too. So, you know, there were a lot of nights where there wasn't a lot of sleep was gotten. And, um, yeah, it was, it was hard to juggle both of them, and a lot of guys will tell you that. Was there, was there were you relieved when the Red Wings came to you and said, listen, we want to give you your entry-level contract, and maybe you should go uh, the, the, the junior ranks? I mean... <laughs> Your father right now, do not listen to this part. Okay, Dennis, let's, let's, let's go. Um, relieved, uh, I'd say it was just more excited than relieved. Um, I, I always thought the plan was to go back to school for another year and, and um, you know, try to you know, be better on the ice and you know, keep my academics going at the same time. But, um, yeah, when they offered the contract, it was really just out of the blue and None of us were really expecting it. My dad wasn't, I wasn't, my agents weren't. And one day I got an email from my agent saying, hey, they've offered you an entry level. Um, they want you to go to junior. And well, they didn't say that, but, you know, they want you to sign the contract and, you know, come to training camp next year and see how you do. And I was, I was just, whoa, like it was out of the blue. And I was super excited. You know, I, I know you said it, you really didn't know you had a chance for the NHL until the Red Wings drafted you. But is that when hockey really became real? For you when you decided to leave school and then pursue it in the uh, in the WHL yeah that, I was putting all the chips in one basket you know I was um, was going to school and I had kind of a you know safety valve I guess with the engineering and um, signed the contract and left and that's when I knew I had to put everything I had into it so I came out to Detroit worked out and um, you know got bigger and stronger and you know thankfully it's it's gone well you know I was telling a couple people in the Red Wing organization, you are the poster child for perseverance and self-belief. You know, I've talked to you dozens of times, and you're probably thinking, oh, God, he's going to bring up Chickering. But, you know, and, and, you know, I wish him nothing but the best. But, you know, you're, you, you're always going to be linked to him, or at least here by Red Wing fans. But that was never part of your motivation I, until maybe guys like me keep bringing it up you weren't even aware of it right I mean I I wasn't aware of it still really not aware of it to be honest um 
you know, I've, I've had people come up and mention it, and I've seen it wherever, and fans talking about it, but it's never really affected me. It's never really bugged me. Um, you know, the Red Wings made that decision at the draft, and that's what I just figured. They made the decision, so I'm just going to come out and do my best. All right, hockey's real. You don't know, like, once you're drafted, Red Wing fans are, oh, well, you know, this guy's 18 and playing in the league, and, uh, you know, going on and on and on about that. Yet, you're refocusing yourself. What's the first thing you do? I know the Red Wings said you got to get stronger and physically stronger, but you're a young man. I mean, you know, that's part of it. I mean, all 17, 18-year-old kids need to get bigger and stronger and they'll fill out. Uh, how did you change your regiment or what you did before you were drafted and then when you decided to get serious? Not that you weren't before, but did you just hit the gym more and the weights, change your diet? What was that process like for you? Um, it was, it was mostly just the gym more, um, and, and hitting the weights a lot more. Um, and then, you know, once I got drafted, the Red Wings had a close eye on me and, you know, Sean Horkoff, Dan Cleary, they were, they were all over me about being in the gym. And, and that's when they mentioned to me that they wanted me to come out to Detroit so that they could be there and have their guys watching me. And, you know, they know all the trainers and, um, yeah, it was mostly just the gym and, um, it wasn't really any diet change or anything like that. It was just, you know, hit the weights and, and start lifting. So are you kind of like Danny DeKaiser who can go to five guys and get a triple cheeseburger and put everything on it and still lose weight? I mean, or, or do you have to watch what you eat? Um, I have never had any issues losing weight. Um, uh, I always had issues gaining weight and except the past few years I've, you know, gained quite a bit just cause I've been conscious of it. Um, you know, I wouldn't say I could just go out and have a few cheeseburgers and nothing would happen. But, like, you know, every once in a while you can obviously, you know, treat yourself to something that you like. But, um, yeah, no, I've, I've never had any issues losing weight. You know, the, the biggest key is to just cut down your diet a little bit and, and just work hard and the weight will come off me fast. But um, really over the last few years is when I started gaining weight. You know, you go to the WHL, you start off with Prince George, you're traded to Portland, you put up phenomenal numbers, and, you know, conventional wisdom was by, you know, again, guys like me, as well, you know, Cholo is going to have to probably spend a year in the AHL, you know, just to get used to this, you know, the, the, you know, the time and space, that's all we hear about, oh, the time and space, you know, and he, smart kid, he'll get it, but uh, it might take a while, boom, you come out of nowhere, I mean, you just come out of nowhere. Did you surprise yourself at where you're at right now? Because you're among the rookie scoring leaders. You you log you you lead the all NHL rookies in ice time. Uh, I mean, it's probably couldn't have worked out better at this point. And God, I hope I'm not cursing you, but you know what I'm saying. I mean, are, are you a little bit pleased, but a little bit surprised that you're where you're at right now? Um, I mean, yeah, I guess it's surprising for any young guy, you know, my age. I know there's lots of them around the league, and you, you could ask them the same question, and I'm sure they would say there's a little bit of surprise. Like, whoa, this is this is the NHL now. You're like, I'm a little bit shocked, but um, you know, I didn't really. I just tried to not really worry about that too much as I came into training camp, and just my mindset was just play. Like, don't just block everything else out. Do what you know how to do, and see what happens. And that was 
that's really still the mindset I have right now. You know, the thing that I like about you is even if you make a mistake on the ice, you're able to let it go. A lot of people, a lot of young players really can't. You know, they, they, they're obsessed by it. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that how you've always been? I mean, you know, whatever it's called, cliche, roll with the punches, or there's nothing you can do about it. You know, it's the water over the bridge. I, I got to keep moving forward. Yeah, um, I wouldn't say I was always like that. Um, you know, when I was growing up playing when I was younger, you know, it's hard to, when you make a mistake, you know, everybody's, your parents are on you, everybody's on you, so it's hard to just, you know, let it roll off your shoulder. But, you know, as I've gotten older and over the past couple of years, I would say, um, when you make a mistake, you can't harp on it because then it just affects the rest of your game. You have to, you know, just keep playing and keep doing what you do. What What's your relationship like with – when, when you do make a mistake, you go back to the bench, does a veteran say anything? Does Blash say something? Does Doug Huda say something? Or, or do they, they know you know. You're the, your own worst critic, so just let it go and see how you react. Sometimes they just let you go. You know, sometimes they say something little, whether it just be, you know, maybe do this or maybe do that. Some of the veteran defensemen have said something sometimes. You know, Blash has said a few things. and Sometimes they don't say anything. You know, you, you know you made a mistake and, um, you know, just try to let me cope with it myself and, and see how I react to it. When you look at the situation you were going into in training camp this year, there were jobs open, obviously, especially on the blue line. You have, you're offensive-minded, you can skate, you're, and you, you're able to make a first pass. You're not afraid to shoot the puck. Uh, I, I would imagine going in, the way you probably examine the whole situation is, is that, hey, I can play my game. I know I can play my game. I can make this team. Yeah, um, I knew there were a lot of you know opportunities going into training camp. There were a lot of young defensemen that were vying for those opportunities. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, you know, it was kind of just I like going back to the the mindset I had. It wasn't really okay. There's jobs open. I I got to play well or anything like that. It was just go out and play, and whatever happens, happens. Prospects tournament, you were by far the guy that they relied on. Did that kind of kick into you that the confidence they showed there actually really carried over into training camp, that you earned their trust there and you were able to maintain their trust? Well, I definitely knew it started there. I had to have a a good prospects tournament. You know, a lot of people can say whatever they want about it, but, you know, talking to Horkoff and Cleary, you know, you have to play well here because if you play well here, it can transition over into preseason and give you a better opportunity. And, um, you know, thankfully I was able to go in there and, and, you know, play some minutes and play in a lot of situations and kind of earn their trust a little bit and then, you know, try to carry it over into preseason. When you – who has been really – that you talk to here is there is a certain veteran player some of the younger guys you know the bc guys that are all on this team or or are are you because you know let's face it as i said last two summers you're here last year by yourself you're living in detroit just to become a great hockey player and work out um are you more self-reflective or sometimes do you need a sounding board whether it's blash or huda or horkoff whomever or is it a teammate um you know, I'm mostly self-reflective, but um, my teammates have been great. Um, Nick Cronwall always, you know, he'd give me little pointers here and there. And, 
you know, now Mike Green's back, and he was always one of my favorite defensemen, and it's just kind of just... Well, you weird. play kind of like him. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like the coolest thing to be able to play with him. Like, he was... I watched him in Washington, and him and Ovechkin were just lighting up the league, and I was like, man, like, if I could be anything like that, and now I get to play with him, it's like the coolest thing. Um, and then, you know, Jonathan Erickson, too. Um, Trevor Daly, played with him for a while. He's been really, really good to me giving me little pointers and then you know the coaches are always helping me out watching video and working on little things after practice so it's kind of an accumulation of everyone you know it's this is going to be a real fan question but because you emulated green growing up and then you played with him last night his first game back you guys look like you had been playing together for a long time they instant chemistry you guys gelled you create a lot of chances I'm kind of curious. Is that because you knew his game because you watched it? You're holding, you know, I mean, in a way, he's thinking, I'm playing with a rookie. I mean, you know, Dennis is good. I've got to kind of figure out what he's all about. Where you're thinking, I'm playing with Mike Green. I know his game. <laughs> I guess you could say that. Yeah, you know, I've watched him so many years and kind of know, like, some of his tricks, what he does, what he likes to do, what he doesn't like to do. And it's just, yeah, it was going in there like, hey, I kind of know what this guy plays like. This might be, this might be good. So, yeah. So, I guess you're probably you and Green. You 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 would expect to play with him the whole year, I would imagine. I mean, right, things change, though. I know that things change. You know, I've if I could play with Mike Green the, my, this whole season, that would be like a dream come true. Like, I can't, you know, I can't say enough about how he was. I can't say enough about how he was one of my favorite players, and um, you know, now I get to play with him. And if, if he were my partner the whole year, that would be just yeah. Does he know? that he was one of your favorite players. Have you told him? Uh, it's going to be out now. I, You know, I haven't told him face-to-face. -to -face. I, I don't know how to approach him and be like, hey, I watched you growing up and you were one of my favorite players. But, you know, Will he, you sign my stick? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, was, he was present while I was talking to the media, and I may have mentioned it then, so he might have heard it when I was talking to the media. So you haven't, like like totally spazzed out in front of him. But I can't believe you're Mike <laughs> Green and you're my teammate. You haven't done that? I, I haven't done that yet. Um, You'd get Raz in the room if you probably did that. Yeah, <laughs> I'd probably get Raz. But, I mean, it's like that with everybody. You know, you played against some good teams already and playing players like just like Dustin Bufflin last night. Like, he's one of my... You're obsessed with Duff, Dustin Bufflin too, right? Because we talked about this yesterday. Like... Yeah. <laughs> He's so big, and I just I remember we had season tickets with the Canucks, and he was in Chicago, and I went to so many games, and I remember their playoff series, and he just terrorized the Canucks. Like, they could not stop him when he was a forward. And now I'm playing against him last night. It's like, it's just it's cool. It's just the coolest thing. Um, I know we're running out of time because I told you I wouldn't keep you too long, but you know, I can tell you now an NHL player because the last time we did this podcast – you weren't very talkative, you know, because you were just trying to figure it out. Now it's like, oh, yeah, I, media, what the hell? I'm talking to these guys. Yeah, sure. Uh, but there's some young guys on this team. Out of the young players, I think it's fair to say that you have been successful so far. And I think it's going to continue. I really do. You know, Michael Rasmussen, BC kid. Uh, much like yourself, Joe's a few years older than you guys, but from BC, you know, a kid that, you know, I love that, uh, you know, how Luke Witkowski refers to him, pit bull in a china shop. I mean, <laughs> do you guys, 
you know, when you're doing well, and, you know, and obviously you're gaining ice time and you lead all rookies in the NHL in ice time, as I said earlier, you know, it, you know, Rass has been in and out of the lineup. He's got to learn how to, you know, play with his body and, you know, and Hicketts because of his, you know, the size factor. Do you offer advice to them? Are you encouraging them? You know, because sometimes rookies certainly don't want to sit there and talk in the room or, you know, go up to, you know, someone's, hey, man, you got to start pulling your weight. I know you're not going to do that, but how about the guys that are kind of in your peer group? Is there a camaraderie and maybe a support system there? Definitely. We all hang out together. We all support each other. And, um, I mean, I'm not going to go up to one of them and say, hey, you're slacking off. you got to get going here. But Because they all know, you know, this is the big time now. We have to be going. But... Um, it's mostly just encouragement, you know, keep going, keep doing what you're doing. Um, just try to be positive and, um, you know, offer them help whenever they need it. You know, you're the last player off the ice today, you and Dylan. And Dylan usually is too, Dylan Larkin. Uh, is that, you always have something to work on or are you just kind of a rink rat and when you can get, when you can be on the ice, that's where you want to be? A little bit of both. Um, you know, there's always parts of your game you can always work on and whether it just be, Simple little things like a one-timer off the blue line. But, um, yeah, and I've always been a rink rat too, you know, just love being around the rink, love being on the ice. And, um, yeah, you'll usually see me out there for a while after practice. What do you work on? Are you just skate? I mean, because you can skate like the wind. You're an accurate passer. You can make a pass out of your own end. Um, you, sh you have a great shot. Uh, and if you're the only one out on the ice, can you work on – being better defensively, not that you're not, you know, a, a, you, you play defense too, but you know what I mean, I, I'm just kind of curious, what, what, what are you doing out there, especially if it's just you or, or if it's Larkin? Uh, well, if it's just the two of us, it might just be, you know, we're, it might just be power play stuff, having it walk in the blue line, giving him a one-timer, and then him doing the same for me or whatever the case may be. But, you know, usually there's a few coaches out there, you know, Brandon Narado's out there, and, and Dan Balsma likes to stay out for a while too. So um, I was working on some stuff with him today, and I was just mostly walking the blue line and then doing a few uh, power play plays. We're running out of time, so i got only <clears throat> three more questions, I promise, and then you can, you know, hang out here on this beautiful rainy uh, Saturday afternoon. Um, when, you, when you, you know, you're working out on stuff and, and you're – you know, things are coming together for you and your quick study and you're, you know, you're feeling good about your game. Do you ever look and say, if this continues, and again, I expect it will continue, I'm going to be right up there for rookie of the year. Do you allow yourself to go there or is it too early for that? It's way too early for that. Um, but you're, you're going to be in the conversation. There, there's, there's so many good rookies out there. Um, but you play defense, which is tough. Yeah, I mean... Like, the, the NHL, it's the NHL. Everybody's a top player. They've always been a top player. and um, Yeah, I don't, I don't really ever think about that. I just take it one game at a time, and whatever happens, happens. If you win the Rookie of the Year, <laughs> the big if, I know, do you think your dad will say, okay, all right, I'm going to – you know where I, where I stand about academics, but I'm not going to be sending you – you know, a book every week or something. Absolutely not. <laughs> That's never going to change. Absolutely right? not. <laughs> you cannot read enough books, and you cannot 
not you, you're always have the opportunity to be smarter so he'll be sending me stuff my whole life does he actually send you books or are you like an ipad kind of guy because i can't read a book on an ipad or something no he won't let me read it on the ipad that doesn't count that's not reading he says so um yeah, it, <laughs> i love your dad man it it, I, I mean your whole family man i'm a I'm fan of fred's and now your dad i mean <laughs> it, your it, fan you it, know <laughs> It has to be a physical book. It cannot be an electronic device. <laughs> that's for your father. Now, I would call him Mr., but I'm going to say Chalowski, and I know that's not right. So for everybody out there, and I'm going to work on this. I'm going to work on it and because I don't want to, you know, offend you. I want to pronounce your name correctly. Chances of that happening are kind of iffy, but... How is your name properly pronounced? It's pronounced Chalowski. 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 Nope, no, I think I said it wrong again. Ch. Ch. La. La. Ski. Oh, Ch. La. Like Ski. law, L A W. So, right? yeah, think of it like this. So, if you break it down, you could just go C H is Ch. Ch. And then L-A-W, that's not actually how it's spelled, law. but think of law, the word law, yeah. and then ski, S-K-I. Ch-law-ski. Okay, now, I believe your name is, and I don't want to make, you know, is of Polish descent. It is, yeah. Do you hang out in Hamtramck at all? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no? I have not. No, no, I mean, no. You know, it's, a, it's a big Polish community. Yeah. I mean, you would be, I'm sure you're like their top Red Wing. <laughs> I have not hung out there, no. <laughs> really? You could probably be mayor of Hamtramck yeah. if you wanted to be. <laughs> no. Um, so you don't have political aspirations yet? I, not, not yet, no. <laughs> no, no, no. You know, hey, you know, it's, a, it's an honorable profession, politics. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure it is. Um, all right. Thing I've been bragging on you, and I have to admit, it seems to be coming in a little bit better than it did at Prospects Tournament. Because you're, you must be maturing before my eyes here. This beard, you're not going to give it up, right? You, this thing is here forever. It's here to stay. Um, even when I shave, it's not completely coming off. It's, it, there's going to be always be a little bit there, um, just so I can, you know, have that little bit of a grizzled look. I grizzled guess. look. I thought, yes, it makes you look more intellectual. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I mean, I'm, I'm not saying it's a good, not a good look on you, but. <laughs> it might be, a, it's a little fuzzy and scruffy, so it's not the best, it's not the most well-constructed beard, I wouldn't say, but, um, you know, it's, it's getting there, it's getting yeah. better. Now, how about above the lip? That just is. There's is, nothing, nothing yeah. above the lip. I got nothing there. It's, it, if there is something there, it's blonde and you can't see it. <laughs> yeah, because it's a unique look. I'll give you that much. <laughs> hey. It's a unique curve. It's a unique look. <laughs> uh, right now you're learning. Uh, you know you're having the time of your life. And this is the final question. Team's in a rough spot right now. You guys are close. You know, we always hear shooting yourselves in the foot. I know you're a rookie. You're still trying to take it all in. But how do you think the team is going to kind of get themselves out of this situation? Um, I think we were better last night. Um, you know, we had a, had a Against Winnipeg. Against Winnipeg, yeah, we had a little bit of uh, a little bit of penalty trouble um, in the second period, and um, you know we needed to try to you know you know be able to kill those penalties and then try to get our momentum back afterwards. We did a great job killing 
Um, but then we have to, you know, get right back to the way we were playing in the first period, which I thought was our best period in a while. But um, I think if we can keep playing the way we did in that first period and the third period as well, um, I think we'll start to, you know, hopefully see some better results. Yeah, I'm famous for saying last question, but every time you talk, I get another question comes to my mind. But I, I'm going to try to make this the last question. <laughs> Do you think because you lead rookies and power play points, assist goals, you're up among those rookie leaders, and the way the power play, if there has been a a, a, a good saving grace to the season thus far, if the power play, which has been struggling the last couple of seasons, seems to be coming together nicely, you're part of that. Has that really been a boost in confidence for you as well, because you know you're do you're producing on the power play, which helps your overall game. Yeah, um, yeah, it's a, it's a boost of confidence. I think um, you know for all the guys that are there. I mean, I mean, if you look at the power play, the, the guys that I have around me, it's it's pretty easy to play with them. You know, Franz making plays on his side. You know, Anthony Siu, he's got the big shot on the other side, and you know, obviously Vanek is one of the most creative players I've ever seen, and then. You know the big body in uh, in Manta or Rasmussen in front of the net, so um, they they've just made it really easy on me, and it's it's you know it's easy to you know give them the puck and and then they can work wonders with it. You know, time and space. You've seen to adapt to that. Is that because you are fast, you can skate, that you might have a little bit of an advantage going into there because you you're able to make real quick decisions. You know what to do with the puck, and you're definitely not rattled out there. Yeah, um, the biggest thing is just to try to stay calm, um, you know, even if there's a guy right on you or if you have a little bit of time, you just to, you know, survey what you have and, and try to make a, you know, the best play you possibly can. All right, Dennis, like, this is it. We're not, I'm, I'm done asking questions. I'm really not, but, you know, we've got the next, what, 15 years where I can ask a <laughs> question. So, Dennis, Shaw, Law, Ski. Correct. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, th th thanks for doing this, Dennis. You've been a good sport. I really enjoyed talking to you. I wish you nothing but the best. Thank you for being on the Red and White Yeah, thank you for having me.